Hey folks, and welcome to this week's podcast. Rami Gabriel is our guest today. His new album is called Drug Cocktail. It's a new CD by his band, Rami and the Reliables. Super interesting story behind him, his life, what else he does besides make music, uh, and how this stuff was created, the, the whole process. I think it's quite interesting. I kind of was very curious about all of this uh, since listening and discovering his deep catalog of stuff. So I urge you, find some of his stuff online, listen to an album or two, and I think you will fall in love as I have. I think you're. we talk about this a little bit in the conversation of who the target audience is, and I think it's you open-minded listener that's you Uh, i do remind you that there is a curse in this episode if you want to hear a bleeped version the version that we put on the air at wfmu.org slash michael that's where the archive of what aired is you can listen to that it has no curse also this one though is a little bit longer has a question or two that the uh, aired version doesn't have enjoy it it's me and rami gabriel there is Rami and the Reliables, the brand new album. I think it's just come out. Rami, is that right? Yeah, we're just putting it out, although the songs have been collected over the last six years of recording. And we put them out slowly, but we put them out onto pieces of matter. And that's kind of how we memorialize them. So we put out a vinyl and this is a CD piece of plastic, so it's sort of a culmination or a collection. But it's just been put out into the world. Yeah, uh, if folks go to audiopostcards.bandcamp.com, there's 18 albums up on there, including this latest one, Drug Cocktail. So you're a college professor, an author, a music maker. I think we're going to mostly focus on the music making today. But it's all sort of interesting, and I'm wondering if it all ties together some way. So you're born in Beirut, you've lived in Toronto, California, and you've been in Chicago now for how long? I guess this is my 16th year in Chicago. And what brought you there? Well, I got this uh, job teaching here, and um, I had been living in California, and I wanted to get out and to go to a big city, get back to a big city, and uh, Chicago was the city that wanted me, so uh, I was excited to come here. Gotcha. So Drug Cocktail is credited to Rami and the Reliables, and the Reliables are Scott Legan plays the keyboards and sings, Casey McDonough plays the bass and sings, Alex Hall plays the drums, sings a little bit, you play the guitar. Sometimes there's horns on some of your recordings, but for the most part, that's it. Now, Scott and Casey have been on the show at different times, uh, so folks might know them. They are in NRBQ currently. So the question is, how did you hook up with those guys? Well, I uh, moved to Chicago, and um, I was uh, looking to see what's going on in the city, and I was checking out all kinds of musicians. And I saw this ad somewhere that said, country music, you know, 16-millimeter movies and country music. So I went, and it was an event hosted by Heather McAdams and uh, Chris Legan. And um, they played all kinds of great old country stuff, and I was really into country then, and I asked him afterwards, I said, what's going on? Where's the country music? Is there any country still happening? Real country, honky-tonk country. They said, yeah, you know, across the street, there's this um, little bar. We were up in Andersonville. And there's a group there called the Western Elstons. They play every other Wednesday or something. So I went, and um, I saw the Western Elstons, which is 
uh, Scott and Casey and Alex and uh, Joel Patterson on guitar. And at, at that time, I think Jimmy Sutton was on bass. And I saw them. They were just great. And I went and saw them for many years, uh, listened to them. And eventually, we just um, started uh, becoming friends. Then what happened was as I was working at this place called the Center for Black Music Research at my school. And I got a grant from them to make up this class called Soul and Country Music in America. And so I was able to invite them to the class and then subsequently to do a recording. So I kind of got them to do a recording of my stuff, of the sort of country songs and soul songs I'd been writing for, for many years at that point. And we got in the studio and it was very easy. And, you know, our friendships have developed and we're, we're very good friends and collaborators and, and that's what happened. Hmm. Yeah, those guys are really in the center of an amazing scene of music out of Chicago. So we mentioned Alex Hall, the drummer. He is the guy who runs Reliable Recorders in Chicago and mm-hmm. his ratio of good to bad is really unprecedented. J.D. McPherson and Pokey Lafarge and Cactus Blossoms and Joel Patterson's records and the Flat Five and Robbie Folks and the Bell Furies, lots more. Uh, so right. tell me, describe to folks how that studio is set up, what it looks like, what the gear is like, and how you guys get your work done there. Well, it's uh, on the top floor, actually on this, in the CD, there's a picture of the, the back door and there's a picture of the window. So it's on the top floor. You got you go up three flights of stairs, and Jimmy Sutton set it up originally, and then Alex has turned it into what it is now, which is this amazing place. What's cool about it is there's all this gear. There's all this sort of vintage gear in the, in the ante room, and then there's a studio. And the cool thing is that Alex makes it so easy. You go in. It's like it's like recording at home. It's like it's like when you're just making music. You're not it's not like one of those studios where you go in, you do the drum sound for like three hours, you know, that kind of crap. Mm. Or like, there isn't like a lot of dialing in. He's kind of, he kind of takes care of all that so you can just um, make music. So the process is that you kind of go and, um, you know, get in the mood, uh, whatever that means for you. And then you um, get into the uh, the recording room and he kind of, He's got the red light on, you know. He he knows the sound. We we know the sound. We we all want from our instruments, and we kind of talk through the the kind of song it is, and he dials it in. And meanwhile, you know, we all learn the song. Or I teach the guys a song, and the arrangement. And then um, he's usually recording. So by the time he gets over to the drum set, everything's ready to go. He's kind of listening to us talk as well. So. Usually it's the first take, you know, with these guys. So when, you know, there's so many genres, and we've played a lot of your tracks over the years on the show. There's some country stuff in Jamaican and New Orleans and blues, and it's really all over the the map. Are the songs brought in with that kind of thing in mind, or does the band help shape them? What does the band bring to the arrangements? Oh, the band brings a lot. Um, so I write, I write the tunes and the... Some of the things I've had it for a while, and then, you know, I kind of get ready what, where it's going to go, how it's going to be. Is it going to be R&B or country or soul? And what kind of R&B and soul? And, you know, and I kind of spell it out to the guys. And then 
once we start arranging, then they get involved. You know, Scott's really involved in the arrangements and moving around some parts sometimes, but also adding hooks and stuff. And then we play it a couple of times, and the way we all sort of interact, the way we interpret the setting starts to happen. And each of the guys, like, I don't really, I don't tell Casey what to play on bass. He, you know, I don't tell, I don't tell anyone what to play. You know, I kind of highlight the chords and the uh, the vibe. They kind of um, make it their own. You know, they're great interpreters of song. That's really what yeah. is incredible about them. And that's kind of what I was drawn to to them is that they're just able to take any kind of song and put this life into it from all their experience and their their knowledge of American song. You know, they're really masters. So how long from when you show them the song to when you've got a finished take? No longer than three hours. Usually usually less. Usually actually usually we're just talking a lot, but I mean <laughs> We're just talking about movies. But, I mean, playing-wise, you know, it's like, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Gotcha. And are there a lot of overdubs, like on Drug Cocktail? How how live is it? All the music is live. The uh, vocals are are done after, usually. Because hmm. it's hard, because I'm writing the words, but they don't know the words. It's just a piece of paper, so they can't really sing live. Hmm. Um, they got to sing it after. I remember I was at an NRBQ gig, and Scott came up to me, and he said, you know, I've been working with this guy, and it's real unusual stuff. And he said, and you you specifically are going to lo- love it, you know? And and he was right. I really, really loved it. And part of it is is there's like a real unpredictability about the, the albums and the releases. They're all sort of, to me, just pop music, but there it's, there's a, a, a wonderful wide openness to it have the records been reviewed have they found an audience what you know what do people think of them what's the reaction is it like my reaction well with people like you who know a lot about music uh there is that reaction so basically all real lovers of music people with tons of records you know connoisseurs of popular music have that reaction so we have a we have a good local base but we don't we don't tour and uh, not really uh, involved in the industry, you know. So I don't know. I know that it, it's sort of a musician thing. I definitely give it to all musicians I know, and all the guys give it to musicians. So musicians around the country dig it. But there's not many critics I kind of you know like or trust. So I don't really circulate it in that world gotcha uh i think they're really as i said unusual and unique records and they're almost to me bordering on outsider music is that how you see them no (laughs) (laughs) do i think i'm a freak Uh, i don't know no No, i didn't i didn't say freak no um, uh, you know, some of the uh, lyrics are really unusual. Some of the way that things are juxtaposed is really unusual. You know, it, it, it almost, uh, you, you don't get that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Tell me about the songwriting process then. How long does it take to write songs? Where, how often do you do it? Because you're very prolific. Where does it come from? Well, some songs come to me in dreams, and some songs come 
to me when I'm walking around, when I hear something, I hear a word, I hear a couple of words, a melody happens, and I'm just playing, or I'm just playing guitar, and a melody comes. It's a, it's kind of odd. Songs are constantly coming to me, and um, hmm. you know, I don't really, I don't like sit down and say I'm writing a song. It's just things come to me, and then I, I work through them. As you know, you know these things come to you in all kinds of ways, and you just have to uh, give them attention and refine them. A lot of times they'll come to me, the whole thing will come to me, and I just arrange it a little bit and add some musical elements, add some uh, intros and um, hooks and stuff, but usually it's it's already there, and it's kind of intuitive to me, and it kind of helps me make sense of reality, you know, or poeticize reality. I've played some of your, you've got a bunch of records that are done with traditional Middle Eastern instruments, mostly instrumentals. Is it, am, I, am I saying it right? The oud and the bazook? The oud or oud and the buzuk. Are these instruments hard, particularly hard to play, like relative to the guitar, for instance? <laughs> the oud is, is really hard. Yeah, the oud is a fretless uh, lute, 11 strings, and the music, traditional music I play, makam music, it's this whole system of makam. It, it is very hard to play. and it, But in the Middle East, a lot of people play it. It's kind of the, it's the main instrument in the Middle East of, for instruction, for composition, and for singing. And yeah, it is hard. The buzuk is a little bit easier because it's only got three courses of strings, and it's kind of a drone instrument, so you can just pull out that feeling and not, you don't have to get too much. It, it's, it can be hard if you're virtuoso, but um, the buzuk, the oud is a, is a very challenging but beautiful instrument. So you're a professor of psychology at a college in Chicago um, yeah. and an author, and you do some traditional instrumental music, and you write these pop songs. Is the psychology thing, is, is, is it all tied together? That's a good question, and I've been asked that a lot of times, and somehow I don't yet have a good answer because it's, you know, it's you're living your life and you're doing what you do, you know. It's, it's like, uh, it's the situation, it's my situation. It's my condition. You know what I mean? It's not theorized. Sure. Um, so I, I wish I should have an answer to that question. Nah. <laughs> uh, do your students know you do this? The hip ones do, but the youth are kind of in their own world of usually shitty music, and, you know, they're involved in, in other things. I mean, they know I'm musicians. So I, I'll play for them usually at the end of the semester, or sometimes I'll play while they're taking their exams. I'll play some blues just to help them through it. So, yeah, they kind of know, but they don't, I don't think they fully understand the extent. Mm-hmm. You know, the instrumental music and, and um, these traditions, these, uh, these older traditions are a little obscure to, to 18-year-olds uh, right now, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've got a gig coming up uh, with Nick Lowe. Tell us about that. Well, uh, he's coming to town. I guess he's recording his new record with Alex at the Reliable Studio with uh, Lost Straight Jackets. 
so um, I had just played at this venue with my other group, the Arab Blues. And um, so I'd been in touch with them, and uh, they said, well, we can't have the whole band, but do you want to do a solo opening? I've done a solo opening there once before for this great uh, uh, singer, Paul Seabar. And so I, um, I said, yeah, and I kind of developed this solo set where I'm singing some of the songs. And it's really interesting because there's the original song that I wrote, and then there's this, these, these great recordings with, with you know, Scott and Casey's interpretation of the uh, vocal lines and the song and the emotion. So I had to kind of rearrange these songs through these manifestations. Uh, and um, it's a lot of fun because, because the songs are richer now, but then um, I have my vocals, my uh, vocals are limited, especially compared to theirs. And so I have to find ways of, of, of getting the song across. But the fun thing is that the songs are really rich, and I've played them a lot, and I still like them, which is a good thing. I imagine it'll go over well. When is that, and where, where is that? That's uh, November 21st in uh, the city called Evanston, which is north of Chicago. Uh so you got some time to to figure it out. Well, I had it all figured out for for the originally dated uh, scheduled show, but but now I have a few more months to work on my work on something my dance moves, I guess. Yeah, the smoke machine. Uh, Audiopostcards.bandcamp.com is the website. There's 18 albums and some matter up there. You can uh, check out Drug Cocktail, uh, Rami, and the Reliables. Like I said, to me, there's something really interesting going on with you and with the situation that you've cooked up in Chicago. And it's, you know, it's just rare to hear pop music that is reverent to... Lots of stuff that I like, but also fresh and original. And so for me, you know, walking that line is really super fun to listen to, but also interesting. So I urge folks, audiopostcards.bandcamp.com. Do you have a favorite on the new record, Drug Cocktail? I like the kind of more recent stuff. I love um, all them little things. It's kind of Arthur Alexander style. I like that one. All right, well, let's hear something from Drug Cocktail. Well, best of luck with the new release and been super interesting to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for all the support. That's when you know you need a drug cocktail. You know you 